Hey there, folks. Uh, before this episode starts, uh, it's a long episode. Uh, talking about what I believe is the quarterbacks under the most amount of pressure uh, this year or this upcoming season. Uh, but I feel like y'all deserved a long episode because I've been on a huge hiatus. I mentioned the episode I took a vacation, uh, but I've also been uh, extremely, extremely busy as of late. Uh, but anytime I am able to upload an episode, uh, and while my goal is to uh, be a head coach or be a football coach, uh, being able to talk about football in the meantime is something that I'm grateful about. Uh, grateful about. Um, and I guess in some big news, uh, we just came over a thousand plays. Like as of right now, I think we're almost at a thousand one hundred total plays. Which I've been doing this for for nearly two years now. I started this back in 2019 or in the fall of 2019, and the fact that I have over or le- yeah I have over a thousand plays is a is a credit to y'all. Uh, thank you for those who um, have listened to each episode, who have waited months and months for an episode, <laughs> uh, or those who started listening and are listening to each episode that I've posted in the past, and again, are waiting for new ones in the future like this one. Uh, I promise to do my best to give uh, an episode weekly. It's just a little difficult to talk about certain topics in mind, or at least find topics that I think are interesting, whether it is schematics, whether it's talking about players, whether it's talking about teams, so forth. Um, just because there's so much, you can do anything, really. You can talk about anything in football and make any argument, but I don't want to sound like a standard radio host on a sports network. Uh, you know, I've really done my best to be the student of the game and eventually I'll post some episodes like I've done in the past explaining schematics and terminology. And that's something I like doing, um, and talking about player management and stuff and leadership, but really thanks again for listening. Um, y'all, I, I appreciate those who have really, again, played episodes, um, I'm just in shock and all. Uh, they all have taken the time to listen to my voice uh, in talking about football. So thank you again. I'm very grateful for y'all. And uh, enjoy this episode. I'm getting back to try to upload episodes on a weekly basis. Uh, it's just been a busy, busy year. Uh, and it's still going to be busy because um, I have other responsibilities I have to tend to outside of work. Uh, or outside of here, outside of the episodes I upload. So thanks again. Y'all kick ass, and uh, I'll catch y'all soon. Thanks again. Well, hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of Griff Talks Football. Uh, I know I've been gone for a while just because I recently took a vacation, which I hope all of you at some point have been able to take a vacation or will be able to take a vacation at some point. I think a vacation is always helpful to get your body recharged or refueled, if you will, to then continue on doing uh, 
and working on the responsibilities that you have, but, you know, to be able to be present, to be able to experience and take uh, fulfillment in life and whatever you're doing without having to do said responsibility. Um, always take care of you. Always do your best to uh, find things and find the joy in life. And again, be able to rest. So where did I go? Where I went to, I will. Uh, I went to Vegas, baby. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's where I went for vacation with a couple uh, good friends of mine. And I obviously had a fantastic time. If you haven't already, and if you're old enough, I recommend the Mob Museum and the Speakeasy to have there. This the Speakeasy by itself is, is was fantastic, and the Mob Museum by itself. Even if you didn't want to go to the Speakeasy, the Mob Museum is a must uh, seen location. So I recommend doing that. Uh, but also been dealing uh, with a lot of schoolwork. Uh, a lot of other responsibilities I have to 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 account for, uh, but now I'm here dropping this uh, this episode, uh, and also again, uh, friendly in my a reminder, uh, Father's Day is coming up, so make sure to have something planned for your dad. I have something planned for my dad, so very excited for that. But until then, uh, let's uh, let's get to football here with uh, I guess some of the bigger news in mind before we get started with today's episode of. Julio Jones being traded to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I don't think it necessarily makes the Tennessee Titans any better because their defense is still complete ass. <laughs> like, you have another offensive weapon, which is great. You have an opportunity to go into shootouts with other various teams, such as a Kansas City, such as... Tampa Bay, because they got some dudes at the perimeter with uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady. Yeah, there is the GOAT, or one of the biggest cheaters of all time. But <laughs> regardless, um, again, the Tennessee Titans now have an opportunity to, as if their offense wasn't already explosive enough, to be able to go in more shootouts with various teams. Just again, they haven't really done anything to address their defense. Their pass rush is still ass. Their secondary is not great. They're a they're a mid at least an average run defensive unit, but again, they don't have any dues on defense. They just have dues at offense, and they lost their offense coordinator to Arthur Smith, who is the current head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. So, will that hinder the offense? Will that affect the offense? I don't know. They're still running the same scheme, the same language, the the Shanahan scheme, as people call it, with the the terminology and the zone run uh, being utilized within the offense. So there's that. Uh, but I guess that's my two cents on it, if you will. Um, but today's episode is going to be about the quarterbacks. If you have already read the description of this episode, it's about the quarterbacks that have the most amount of pressure or most amount well, – that didn't make sense. I guess m- the most pressure they have coming into the season or at least the most to prove. Maybe the phrasing of the sentence does not make sense, but you get what I'm saying. They have, uh, they have to prove something. Or they're under the most pressure. There we go. Let's go with those sentences. Uh, 
But there's a shit ton of quarterbacks that are going to be within this category that could be replaced the following season or within the following two years. But again, these guys are are going to be under these categories. And it starts with Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love has been the biggest piece of news as of late other than the Julio Jones acquisition by the Titans because Aaron Rodgers is still not part of the OTAs. He hasn't reported in minicamp. And you have training camp coming up in 40 days. And there's been news where he has no intention of going to training camp. Um, I don't know the exact reasons to why. Not many others do either in terms of why he doesn't want to go there. First, it was his problem with Jordan Love being drafted. Or it was a problem with Brian Gutekunst, the GM for the Packers. Or now it could be a problem with Mark Murphy. Nothing with Matt LaFleur, as far as we know, in terms of news being reported. But it looks like it's pointing towards Mark Murphy, who is the CEO of the uh, Packers organization, or the Green Bay Packers football team. Now, while it does affect his time getting implemented with the Packers, and again, he's been the Packers quarterback for a long time, and he's been involved in this system with Matt LaFleur for about two years now. But OTAs, minicamp, training camp always helps get back to feeling like a cohesive unit, right? Let's say you've stopped doing things for a couple of months now, and now you're standing, you're getting back in the flow of the schedule. You're getting back into a flow of routine. You're uh, getting to know new teammates. You're uh, working with the teammates you've had their last season and getting better and better each day, or like trying to get back in the routine of things after taking uh, your vacation. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be very interesting what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers if Jordan Love succeeds here. Because really, the Packers don't need to trade Aaron Rodgers. They owe his contract. They're going to they're, they're keep taking his money based on not showing up to minicamp, OTAs, and even training camp now if Rodgers decides not to show up to training camp. Packers owe his contract. The Packers have no obligations to trade Rodgers. Rodgers still has very significant value. So if the Packers do decide to trade Rodgers, they could just trade him during the season where Rodgers will still have a bad season with the various team because he's not assimilated with that team. And you're still getting a bunch of value, like first-round picks, more picks, some players for the defense, or even more on offense and so forth, right? Or even special teams. Um, although that's not really common. You know, when you're trading a player for a player, it's for a significant piece on either defense or offense. But again, as Rodgers is not reporting, this gives time for Jordan Love to get assimilated in the role of being uh, a starter for the Green Bay Packers at quarterback, whether it's this season or as expected in the near future. Jordan Love was drafted from Utah State from the 2020 NFL draft class, along with quarterbacks Justin Herbert, who broke the rookie record for most touchdown passes in the season by a rookie quarterback with 31, as well as Tua, Tua Tagovailoa, who struggled with Miami this past year, which they got him weapons at the perimeter. Um, as well as Joe Burrow, who unfortunately had a torn ACL in the middle of the year, 
but was on pace to break the most passing yards by a rookie quarterback in NFL history, which is being, I believe, being holded up by Andrew Luck uh, with over 4,300 yards. I think that's the case. I don't remember the top of my head. But I'm saying Jordan Love has been drafted along with these dudes, and he's most likely going to be compared to these dudes, and Jordan Love has yet to take an NFL game snap. Now with preseason coming up, the season coming up, if Rodgers isn't there, he will do so. Jordan Love will take snaps. And, you know, on his first practice, he went 12 out of 23, threw a pick, didn't leave uh, the team to a game-winning field goal or game-winning drive in a two-minute drill. But then the following day, he was on fire. He threw a 45-yard bomb. He threw 30-yard bombs to halfbacks A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And it's not one of those check-down scenarios where the running back makes most of those yards. It was wheel routes and go routes. And led a, a couple of touchdown drives and um, let it let it come back in a two-minute drill scenario. Um, and then I think the following day he did okay at practice. But a lot of these people, a lot of news reporters are going to be taking note of each throw that Jordan Love makes because he's a backup to Aaron Rodgers, who is getting this the the reps with the starters. You know, is playing with uh, Devontae Adams, is playing with Robert Tunyon, is playing with Aaron Jones in the starting offensive line, and so forth. Uh, so. Really, it's going to come to down to seeing if he can be effective in the Packers' offense. If he can be effective, then the Packers, again, don't need to worry about anything. If he's an absolute bust where they got to put Blake Bortles, the current backup for Jordan Love, then they're in trouble and they're going to make amends with Aaron Rodgers. But this is all dependent of how well Jordan Love plays. I know I went in great detail about this uh, Jordan Love uh, uh, scenario as well as Jordan Love's story and Aaron Rodgers. But, I again, it's been like the biggest piece of news other than Julio Jones being traded to Titans has been Jordan Love seeing if he can be effective in the Packers' offense, which is why I still think he's, he's got a lot to prove this season or he's under the most amount of pressure because of being behind what some people may consider the GOAT. I think Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I wouldn't consider him the GOAT because he's 1-4 in NFC Championship games. He's had five appearances. He's only won one. He's lost four of them. And he's only won one Super Bowl. Um, and as of late, has not been great in playoff games. But that's my uh, thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Um Come at me on my on my Instagram, Griff Talks Football. <laughs> you know, we said in a comment, Griff, wrong take on Aaron Rodgers. Who cares? But uh, that's my uh, that's my thoughts on Jordan Love. And the next quarterback is Mac Jones. Seeing if he's worth the first round pick. Remember, he got drafted at 15 overall behind Justin Fields, uh, as well as Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. He was rated, some argues, the best quarterback from the draft. He was also rated as the fifth best quarterback in the draft, which he was drafted the fifth quarterback taken in the first round by the New England Patriots. And 
They're going to see if he's worth, again, that first-round pick. I'm not sure if he's going to start this year. I'm pretty sure they're going to let Cam Newton, if he's healthy, start this year. They may even let Jared Stidham be the backup and have Matt Jones be the, the, the third-string quarterback and just learn the offense as much as he can. I think New England is going to wait and see in practice. They're going to wait and see if he can not only compete for a starting job, but as well as seeing how well he can uh, be effective within their offensive system. Now they got some weapons with Hunter Henry and John New Smith at the tight ends position, as well as Nelson Aguilar, who's coming off a, a comeback season, if you will, uh, going from Philadelphia to Las Vegas Raiders to now being with New England Patriots, um, as well as another receiver, uh, Kendrick Bourne from the Niners, I think. So they got some weapons now for their offense, far better than than the previous season or last year. But again, if Mac Jones does play well, he's going to have a lot of eyes on him since he was a Heisman Trophy candidate, since he won a national championship with Alabama and was surrounded by dudes at the perimeter with Devonta Smith. Um, so... He's under pressure if he starts this year to prove that he was worth that first-round pick. Uh, next one is Jared Goff. That the biggest thing in both Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford is seeing which one won the trade here. Again, the Rams traded with the Lions to get Matthew Stafford. In doing so, the Rams gave some picks as well as Jared Goff to the Lions. Um, can Jared Goff win without McVay? And Jared Goff is in a tough division. I mean, not as tough as the NFC West, but is in a tough division. He doesn't have an amount of talent surrounded by him like the Rams, right? The Rams have plenty of weapons. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Cam Akers, you name it. And the Lions have an offensive line, maybe, question mark, and... Tyler Hawkin, maybe, or Hawkinson, someone, some tight end named Tyler. His name escapes me. Uh, I think I said the actor's name that plays Superman, but that's not the same person. So my bad, my bad. Uh, or maybe TJ Hawkinson, who knows. But again, the tight end that is for a starter at Detroit, that I, his name escapes me in... That's about all they have. <laughs> like, they're not as talented as the Rams. Can they surround golf with weapons? Oh, and Jamal Williams, the halfback from Green Bay. Um, so can they be can he be effective without McVay? I'm gonna say first year Lions, no, because they don't have enough dudes at the perimeter, they don't have enough weapons offensively. But they did draft uh an offensive line from the first round, an offensive lineman in the first round. So if their offensive line improves, golf has a better chance of succeeding within any offense because he he's not the most mobile QB. But if he's got a good old line, he's going to be okay. He just needs some weapons. As for Matthew Stafford, was the trade worth it, and can he win the NFC West? Now, part of the reason why Jared Goff was traded was not being able, according to news reports, feeling frustrated. McVay was feeling frustrated that he's gone 0-4 against Kyle Shanahan these past two years. 
And Kyle Shanahan is an excellent head coach. I know the previous year the Niners didn't make the playoffs, but that was, again, due to injuries all over the place. If the team stays healthy, my pick is the 49ers winning the NFC West division. I know that the Rams are talented. Shoot, the Cardinals have some pieces. And the Seahawks, they reloaded this year. But the 49ers are by far the most talented team, as well as one of the youngest teams, or youngest rosters in the NFL. Uh, You have George Kittle, one of the best tight ends. They have... Debo Samuel, they have a Brandon Ayuk, right? Some dudes at the perimeter, and then Raheem Moster, and an overall a good O line. And if Jimmy G can stay healthy, and that defense can stay healthy, they have one of the best defense lines by any by by the way. Uh, or even if Trey Lance plays well this year, if he does play this year, my pick is the 49ers winning that division. So. Matthew Stafford's got a lot to prove. He has not won a playoff game ever in his career. He's only had two winning seasons, actually three winning seasons with the Lions. Um, So was he worth the pick? And Jimmy Garoppolo, as I said before, staying healthy and leading the Niners back to an NFC West title, as well as maybe the Super Bowl, you know, because most likely he's not going to be with the team for the 2022 season with Trey Lance being there. So can he play well to where he can get a contract with another team that wants his services? Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the Giants, year three, boom or bust. He got, they gave him some weapons. It's no longer going Golden Tate. They still have Evan Ingram. They got uh, Holiday now, a uh, former receiver from the Lions. Or Galladay, I'm sorry, Galladay. Uh, Saquon Barkley's coming back. So, and they've kind of revamped their own line. So, can Daniel Jones play well this year and help the Lions, no, sorry, not the Lions, help the Giants win a terrible NFC East? <laughs> One of the worst divisions in football, unfortunately. Speaking of another quarterback from the NFC East, Dak Prescott. Was the contract worth it? He signed a four-year, $150 million contract. Was it worth it? Because they got no dudes on defense. They got some nice weapons on offense. Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott when he doesn't fumble. <laughs> uh, as well as Amari Cooper, Candle Lamb, Michael Gallup. A good old line. Just if Dak Prescott can... Not only winning shootouts consistently because he's had and constantly because he's had to do that the past couple of years because again they have no defense and again is he worth that contract? I'm not paying a quarterback a four year 150 million dollar contract to not win my crummy division. So he's definitely under the most pressure there in terms of being able to win. Um, Carson Wentz, a former quarterback that played in the NFC East for the Eagles, is now with the Colts. Was it him or Philly? That was a problem. Remember, he led the NFL in interceptions this past year, led the NFL in turnovers with a bunch of fumbles. Um, so can he play better with Colts? Can Frank Reich help turn around his career or turn his career around? And can they win the AFC South with really the only viable, the the most 
uh, difficult opponent they'll have to play is the Titans because at least the Titans have offensive weapons. Jaguars of Trevor Lawrence, but that's it. Just Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and Houston is a current dumpster fire, uh, unfortunately. The next one is Sam Darnold. Can you succeed with the Panthers? Panthers picked up your fifth-year option. The Panthers have some weapons at the perimeter. They have Christian McCaffrey, and you still have Robbie Anderson. Now they've upgraded their defense. They got some nice picks. They've got a corner in the first round. But can Sam Darnold play better with the Panthers? If he can play better with the Panthers and prove that he was worth the trade, worth the picks that they gave to the Jets, then Sam Darnold will be a good pick a good quarterback, or be a good, valuable asset to the team. Two more here, Baker Mayfield. A top-level roster. Can you get that team to the Super Bowl? They give you a fifth-year option. They picked it up for you. But can you win this year? Can you get that team to the Super Bowl? Because this is the most talented team that Baker Mayfield will be surrounded by for a long time. Once they give him a long contract, depending what it is, if they give him a $150 million contract like Dak Prescott, they're not, they're, they can't keep everyone. They can't keep OBJ. They can't keep Jarvis Landry. They can't keep Miles Garrett forever, even though he's one year into his fifth year contract, also worth over $120 million. They can't keep Jadavion Clowney if he's healthy. They can't keep Denzel Ward, a good corner for them. Uh, drafted in the same year as Baker Mayfield from Ohio State, Troy Hill, you name it. Maybe even the O-line. They can't keep that if they decide to give this huge contract to Baker Mayfield. But he's surrounded by a mountain talent with Nick Chubb, a beast of a running back with Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, again, the receivers I mentioned, and overall a fantastic offensive line. And then last, again, to a tag of Viola. They gave you weapons. What can you do with that? They gave you Will Fuller. He's a speed receiver. If he stays healthy, he's a deep threat that teams have to account for. They drafted Jalen Waddle, another good speed receiver. They still have Devontae Parker, and they still have Mike Jasicki, the tight end. And they, you know, revamped their own line as well. So... Can he play well? Can he quiet out the noise? Because a lot of people are wanting Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers, another quarterback, not Tua Tagovailoa. And there's some people that think Tua had a rough year, but will bounce back. So there's that. I know it's a long episode, but I feel like y'all deserve a long episode after my uh, month, almost month and a half break from doing this. So thanks again for listening, all. Uh, I guess in other big news, we just hit a thousand plays. So thank you again. And uh, I'll catch y'all. I promise I'll have another episode next week. I'll catch y'all next week, guys. Take care. And uh, see y'all again. See y'all again next week. Hey there, folks. Uh, as I end this episode for talking nearly 24 minutes <laughs> of, of these quarterbacks under the most amount of pressure this year, 
thanks again for listening. Thanks again for being part of people listening and having a thousand plays in total. It's it's insane. I'm very again appreciative uh, uh, of that. Uh, I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, so as I end this episode, I recently joined uh, an organization for autistics, by autistics, and for and by neurodivergent individuals called uh, Autism and Neurodivergency Advocacy Association. But their website is Autism in and ND Advocacy, which is the same uh, handle or same title as their Instagram, again, at Autism and ND Advocacy. Um, you can also check to my Instagram on who I follow, uh, Griff Talks Football, and you'll see that organization. Uh, so be sure to follow Griff Talks Football. Be sure to follow this organization. It's an organization that I've uh, had an opportunity of joining recently, hence why I've been busy. Um, uh, very grateful for the opportunity, uh, but really feel free to check them out. And, uh, I promise we'll be back with another episode next week. Take care y'all. Love y'all.